So Lincoln Riley said on Tuesday, quote, that defensive front will probably turn over more than any position on our football team this year, end quote. Well, on Wednesday, he got some physical support to fatten up the underbelly of talent. He needs to take USC to the next step. I got part two of my breakfast with Lincoln Riley on this episode of Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. And if you are watching me on YouTube, which I really appreciate, do me a favor, hit that red subscribe button. And to those of you who already have, thank you so very, very much. Hope everyone's enjoying the show. Keep coming back. Tells me uh, I'm doing something right. All right. So Anthony Lucas is now the fifth defensive line edge or linebacker that USC uh, has added to its defensive front this offseason. Uh, the six foot five, 285 pound defensive end uh, said that, quote, I chose USC because of great academics, a chance to win a championship, and I have a chance to play and make an impact. So uh, it, this is something that USC obviously needed. All of those uh, Alex Grinch haters out there, you're probably uh, at why well, you had your fists clinched. Um, at the same time, you're cursing under your breath. Uh, at the same time, you love this pickup. It's kind of that mixed bag. You know that um, you don't want Alex to be your defensive coordinator, but you also know that he probably needs a better uh, quality player that he uh, inherited in the year one. So remember, haters, the more talent... Uh, that you bring in, um, if you're looking at it from you want to win because you want to get rid of Alex, look at it this way. You're bringing more talent. But if you don't get that return on the investment, that's going to leave zero wiggle room uh, for Lincoln if the defense doesn't improve in year two. So it, you're getting the best of both worlds. You're getting better players so the defense can improve and if it improves, then your hate for Lincoln for Alex Grinch subsides. And if the defense doesn't improve, more than likely Alex Grinch is gone. So just go with the flow. Take it day by day. By and large, look, this is a tremendous pickup for USC. And, and hopefully uh, he can step right into Tuli uh, Pelotu's vacated All-American shoes. As a team, USC had 40 sacks last year in 2022. 13 and a half of those came directly from Thule. 20 in total came from Thule, Figueroa, and I believe it was Peely. Um, so you can see they, they need more product, productivity uh, from that front seven. Anthony Lucas... So now along with uh, defensive tackle Kyan Bars from Arizona, and then the other defensive end, Jack Sullivan from Purdue, you now all of a sudden 
you possibly could have a, a brand new three down uh, lineman set of linemen for 2023, replacing the guys who uh, they're losing, Tuli, Peely, Nick Figueroa. And if Jamil Mohammed winds up at the rush in position and wins that battle, um, now you've got a completely new front across the board. Uh, that means he's replacing Romello Height and obviously Corey Foreman and Solomon Bird and any of the other guys who played the rush end position in 2022. Uh, this is how Riley sees Jamil. Quote, he kind of just jumped off the tape. Just a really explosive player defensively, one that we thought brought some versatility. The ability to win in a in a pass rush really showed up right off the top. Just an explosive athlete. The, pay, the playmaking skills really shot off the tape. And then when we met him and got to get around him, there was no question he was the right fit. So, I mean, I think just his ability to make plays and not just when he's free or stunt hits perfect or he ends up in a pure free run, the guy just finds ways to make plays which we need more of, certainly, end quote. Um, Kyan Bars, he is an interior defensive lineman, uh, but he brings that quickness that the that this USC staff has been targeting for the defensive line. So this is the type of player that fits Alex Grinch's defense, that Sean Nua and Roy Manning and that whole defensive, you know, uh, brain trust is looking for. Quote, According to Riley, Kyan, obviously another guy that we ha- uh, that we had experience with playing against, and obviously studying him in the league, we thought he was one of the more explosive interior defensive linemen in the league. He had a few years of pretty good tape that showed up. And then at linebacker, uh, Lincoln Riley on on Tuesday, uh, he also spoke about Mason Cobb. Uh, because he's another player who's been officially announced by USC. Lincoln wasn't able to talk about Jack Sullivan or Lucas at the moment. Uh, Lucas hadn't committed yet. Sullivan had not been officially announced by USC yet. However, back to Mason Cobb, the linebacker. Excuse me, quote, uh, Mason obviously had some experience seeing him in the league and the job that uh, they've done at Oklahoma State defensively, and he was a big part of that. And I love the toughness and grit and kind of attitude he played with, and we also really felt his instincts on tape showed up. Even at times when maybe schematically he should have been somewhere else, you tell he just had a great feel for the game and for the position, which I think will be a great addition to our linebacker room, and it's something that we can certainly upgrade. And so he was, I think, an important piece to this. Um, overall, Riley, Lincoln, he, he pretty much described it this way. This is what he was going for. Quote, you're talking about starters and some guys that were impact players at other schools, whereas last year, uh, we're filling the roster with guys that maybe necessarily weren't weren't even starters at their schools, and you're just trying to find ways to get un- enough bodies to function. End quote. Wow, um, that was pretty harsh, or at least it, it comes across as 
very matter of fact, very blunt, uh, accurate, but still, uh, that's the difference between Lincoln Riley and Kai Hilton. He, he's just going to put it out there. And I know a lot of guys think, ah, no, you know, Lincoln, he, he, he can sell. Yeah, he can. That's not a sales job. That is just putting it out there um, as a head coach. Call it coach speak, but it's it's truth, uh, especially if you saw USC's defense in 2022. Um, so while the uh, the transfer portal guys that, USC, that he and USC brought in in 2022 will continue to develop, hopefully, uh, Riley did say that I do think it's a little bit higher level overall of guys that are coming in this year. Uh, he would continue. Honestly, I'd much rather have four to six really good players that all can win, that that can all disrupt, and that all can close down those spaces and make tackling easier and get pressure and all the things that great defensive linemen do, especially in a system like ours. It makes you tougher to defend. It makes you tougher to game plan for. We had some other guys that were productive, but to the level that we expect, there's got to be a jump at all those other positions. But I fully believe there will be. I'm excited about some of the guys that are returning and that can be, and obviously very excited about some of the guys we're bringing in that we think are immediate impact guys. Look, footnote version, his point was this. Uh, Tuli was the only guy who, cons- who last year consistently won his one-on-one battles. He needs more of that. He thinks the guys that uh, he's bringing in this year specifically are going to be able to do that. And hopefully the guys last year will continue to develop and become more consistent. Um, So iron sharpens iron. You're bringing in more guys for competition. Here you go. And he also, you know, I think the underbelly, the underbelly of talent that he alluded, or not alluded, but he's been talked about that I spoke about that he mentioned on Tuesday, I think that's about to shed some weight, so to speak. Uh, here's some of the players he's excited about. He, uh, he mentioned redshirt freshman Devon Tompkins. You know, you didn't hear his name at all, but here it is. He thinks he can contribute next season and be a great player at USC. Personally, me, I watched his body develop kind of like in slow motion. Uh, throughout the season, ball camp, during the season, by the end of the year, he, he looked like a an old sophomore. I mean, he added size and strength. He looked like a completely different dude. He looked like a defensive. He looked like a, a legitimate D1 defensive end, the type you might even see on Georgia's roster. Rajon Davis's name came up a couple of times. And may, I, I think this is maybe one of those moments that where Riley maybe showed a chink in the armor, maybe a little bit of defensiveness. Um, remember, it was as, we can go back as far as October, um, where Davis's name kept kept coming up, and you, you were hearing the praises of you know how he was, how well he was doing in practice, and how he was on the cusp of getting more playing time. I need to go check my definition of what cusp means again because Rajon rarely saw the field. Quote, this is Riley. 
we were excited with what we saw in Rajon, and he was one of those guys we thought that made a little bit of a jump in the bowl practices. And we were excited about some of the plays in that game. Um, absolutely we were. So, yeah, I think for him, that's got to be a, a game of confidence. And I know it's certainly, you know, from our staff, builds some confidence. So here's the part. I've always said anytime you say but, you're going to contradict what you just previously said. That was, My English teacher in 10th grade, Mr. Zimmerman, before Zimmerman, I'll never forget this guy. He always told me to use the word however to transition because anytime you use the word but, you're going to contradict what you just said and nothing good ever comes from the but. Little English lesson there for you all. So uh, he might not have necessarily crossed his arms and took that defensive posture. Uh, however, uh, Lincoln did say, I think, could we have given them an opportunity earlier than that? Absolutely. And I would say, hey, was there something from a coaching standpoint or did we make a mistake by not doing that? We very well may have. Then <clears throat> the other thing I would put, I would put it back on. It's like, I tell these guys, this is the butt part. I tell the guys, I tell these guys this every year at the start of the year. If you make these decisions for us 50-50, meaning 50-50 on if you're going to start or not, or 50-50 on whether you're going to uh, we're going to put you in the game or not. If you give us 50-50, we're going to be right on some and we're going to be wrong on some. So make it clear where there's no doubt we've got to put this guy in the game. There's no doubt you should be a starter, end quote. Now, this wasn't the right place or time to, to, to push back and say, hey, wait, coach, I think you sort of admitted you may have well made the wrong 50-50 uh, decision with Ray Jean. I, I don't know. It just came across, like I said, um, to put it back on the player for for not making the choice clearer, that's kind of hard to communicate. And there's going to be a, a, a player-coach disconnect there. So this is probably one of the areas where Lincoln Riley uh, would probably say he needs to get better at. And he admitted, you know, that he and the coaching staff have to get better. So this was just me. Look, I'm not getting into his head. Uh, but you're just trying to read the room and, and understand where he possibly could be coming from. Uh, the other guys um, that he's obviously looking forward to, uh, Tekka Curtis, Zion Branch, Damani Jackson, Braylon Shelby, I have a real distinct feeling that the, the roster is still going to shed a few more players so they can add a few more, you know, I guess we'll call them impact transfer, you know, transfer portal players. So we'll see what kind of help Riley gets for Grinch. But as far as the underbelly of talent, you know, you got, you got those guys uh, that I just mentioned, Damani Jackson, Zion Branch, Tackett Curtis. That's uh, that's good stuff. Braylon Shelby, um, as well as a transfer portal. So there you go. Hey, I need you guys to head on over to Bet Online. 
because betonline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Once again, thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. I need you to go check out uh, our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you like to get your podcast. All right. So, <clears throat> special teams, <clears throat> excuse me, have played a, uh, a significant role um, during our Tuesday's State of the Program address with Lincoln Riley. Uh, Lincoln spent some time. He broke down each unit. He knows that um, special teams underperformed at USC in year one and look none of the none of the groups the units uh, received a report card that you you know you'd be proud to show off to mom and dad uh, although you know a couple were average uh the others they didn't get a glowing after a, a really good glowing endorsement of progress so to speak um there was more uh we need to get better and as far as you know, where Lincoln Riley was coming from, this is more of the bleed over from the lack of depth that you were that he and the staff were dealing with in year one. Um, and it was you know on the defensive side of the ball that shows up on special teams because a lot of your coverage guys play events as well. Quote. We were pretty pleased with what we got from the field goal and extra point teams uh, with all those guys being new, the snapper, holder, kicker. Uh, I thought Dennis was solid for us. He missed a few that I thought he should have made, but he probably made a few that were probably very big time gutsy kicks for a young guy in that scenario. Yeah, look, that's definitely coach speak. Um, but the field goal unit should not have to be relied on to make 45 plus yard field goals. Uh, would you like it to be more consistent? Yes. But when you've got an offense as prolific as USC's and a quarterback like Caleb Williams, you're Lincoln Riley is going to more than likely go for it more times than not, rather than, you know, put it on the, Put on the shoulders of of the kicker. Look, I get the argument. Why can't USC, you know, have nice things <laughs> uh, that can kick the ball? And I, I guess, look, Riley's either going to change his ways, or look, this is the crosses that Trojan fans are going to have to bear, because you're going to get a very prolific offense. You're always going to have a Heisman caliber quarterback and you're going to score a lot of points um, and you don't while you 
you're going to have those games where you need to win with special teams. I don't think Lincoln Riley feels his offense uh, is going to have to rely on a, a field goal to win a game very often, maybe once or twice. And that's the gamble, the risk he's taking. Um, when he was talking about punt, obviously we brought in some added competition there. We need to get better. I thought Sleepy, Aiden Sleep Dalton, did some really solid things this year. He came in under some really unique circumstances. Remember, he showed up late, and there was, a, I don't know if there was some visa issues, but he arrived really late in the process uh, in 2022 for USC. Long story short, uh, is there's going to be more competition. He brought in uh, Eddie Zoplicki, the transfer from Arizona State. So we'll see if uh, if the punt unit uh, improves. Remember, um, I, I just said, you know, Aiden came in late. Hopefully, you know, he, he's a young guy. He'll continue to develop and get more comfortable uh, as he spends time at USC. But with the roster numbers getting tight, um, this could be an interesting thing to watch. And, this could be a dynamic to keep an eye on if space is needed. Again, you brought in the Pac-12's all-conference punter. He didn't come over to sit. Uh, Lincoln thought that the punt coverage was pretty good for the most part. Only had one big return punt coverage. Uh, they really only gave up one big return all year. You know, at least that's how he sees it. Uh, he talked about how they netted the ball well and i think that what he was referring to is spotting and downing it so quote uh so yeah i thought the guys were coached well in that unit in terms of intent uh i'm not sure that's a positive but that's not that wasn't the glowing report that i was talking about they didn't really but then again they really didn't punt that often in in 2022 so um in I don't want to say it's an incomplete, but there's not a lot there to work with. So again, competition, you brought in Eddie from ASU, and uh, if you need space, just saying, uh, something to maybe means something, maybe it doesn't. Aiden's older brother, he punted at Iowa and then transferred and ended and finished his college career at Arizona State. Arizona State needs a punter. Just saying. I'm not saying anything. I'm just pointing out that coincidence. Um, so although they might have to punt more in 2023, I guess this is probably a good time to, to get the competition going. We'll see. If USC's offense continues to grow and stays prolific, maybe Eddie is picking splinters out, splinters out of his butt all season long. And that would be a good thing. Uh, at this point, this is where Lincoln went from the good, the bad, to uh, I guess we'll call it the ugly, because he, you could sense that the, he was starting to taste a little bit of bile in the back of his throat, or at least it looked like it. Um, Quote, I think kickoff for us, obviously we've got some competition there. I think the first and 
most obvious thing is at a place like USC, you shouldn't be covering so many kicks. If you compare that across the country, we have to get better from just a straight kickoff standpoint. But we need more touchbacks. At the end of the day, one team can score more as or as many points like USC does, or as many against USC, and one team has to defend twice as many kickoffs. It's just another, well, you can do the math, end quote. The point he was making was the other team was consistently getting better starting field position after USC scored, making it easier for the other team to score against USC's defense. And knowing USC's defense, that's just not a good recipe for success. But again, some of that was, he said, was attributed to the underbelly of talent or the lack thereof. Bottom line for Lincoln, uh, more touchbacks make Lincoln's, I'll call it his special teams coaching department, easier to run. And then as far as punt return, uh, quote, punt return was solid for us. We didn't really have any big returns. We had a little bit of rotation at returner. We, um, you know, when Jordan got hurt and then when Mike Jack got hurt, uh, they didn't make enough big plays there, was all you would say. So besides the injuries and the lack of consistency, um, I'm not really sure that that unit caused USC fans too much consternation, especially knowing that Caleb Williams was about to take the field and he could drive the team, the offense, pretty much from anywhere. So, again, not having a prolific punt return, not an issue. Uh, that's me speaking. I'm not speaking for everybody. We're speaking for Lincoln. That's how I perceive that. That was the least of USC's concerns in 2022. And I think Lincoln probably felt the same way. Um, and then... The real ugly part was uh, kickoff return. Lincoln Riley said this, quote, and obviously kickoff return was very disappointing throughout the year. We had a couple of nice returns, but we had some really untimely penalties. You could argue, but who knows what happens if that hold in the first game against Utah, we'd probably go to the playoffs if we don't get a hold there. The chances say we do. There's a little bit of a dramatic pause from Lincoln at this moment. And he continued. So we had a couple of untimely errors. And obviously, CB decided to just toss the ball backwards in the conference championship game. That was just mind-blowing. That's nothing we've ever talked about. Uh, it was just a little bit of a panic. And then obviously, a couple of times, just fielding the ball. Uh, clearly, the one in the last game was having a monumental error. It's almost like having a turnover, end quote. So, CB is in the transfer is in the transfer portal. CB Nomura. So, I get why he mentioned him by name. He didn't mention Mario Williams by name, but we all know who fielded that monumental error. Here's the question: Why was Rio? Why was Mario? Why was he in there? Why, if he wasn't prepared? The question, these are rhetorical questions now. Would a dedicated special teams coach have made a difference? Maybe. Uh, but remember, Kyle McDonald um, 
he works with Rayleigh Brown in the running back room and Keel coaches up the kick returners. Typically, it's Rayleigh and Taj feeling the kickoffs. Uh, so even though Mario gets practice time, in essence, he had a brain fart when the pressure was on. We all have brain farts. I have them all the time. Um, I've had my issue with Mario has been him catching the ball and running backwards, trying to gain extra yardage when he's you know in catching the passes from Caleb. So again, if he's prone to you know making poor decisions, why put him in the position to make one? Especially then, that was a high pressure situation. Would more talent from the underbelly have made a difference? Well, Damani Jackson and both the Branch brothers, Zion and Zachariah, um, they're going to be able to support Ray Leak in 2023 in kick, at kickoff, assuming everyone's healthy. So, yeah, a dedicated coach would be the conventional way of doing it. But, again, that, that fatter underbelly of available talent is going to help, too. So you have to see it from Lincoln's point of view. Uh, Luke Heward, he's going to be one of the two wide receiver coaches. Luke gets the inside guys, and he handles the punt returners. Riley likes an inside and an outside guy. Dennis Simmons, he's the assistant head coach, outside receivers coach, and offensive passing game coordinator, and one of the guys that um, that came over with, with Riley. He's not going anywhere. Um, but again, Kyle is the kickoff and running back coach. Ryan Doherty is the senior special teams assistant, assistant special teams coordinator. And he oversees the, the entire special teams department. Who, And then I assume he's the one who liaisons with Lincoln Riley. That's how your special teams is being built and how they're going to go forward. Looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a built bar. You just got us through the holidays. We just got through the holidays. And I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. And if you're like me and you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, man, I've got something just for you. you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You won't even think they're good for you. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% chocolate, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably great flavors like flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. And I'm and I'm not sure how Built does it, but these Built Bars, they taste like a candy bar. And they do it at the same time. They maintain only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. So you don't have to even go to their site anymore to order these things. You can now head on over to Walmart or Sam's Club. When you're at your nearest Walmart, Walk in, head to the pharmacy department, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. There they have a four-box bar of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're near Sam's Club, they've got the 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. Check them out, and then you can thank me later. All right. I'm way over my time, but I'm going to spend a few more minutes because I think this is important. Uh, this is something that actually came up during the uh, the uh, sit-down with Lincoln, the state of the program. I want to talk about these people like they're actually real people with real feelings. And I'm talking about Lincoln Riley, his staff, 
the players, just like you, just like me, your kids, your husbands, your wives, people, these are real people. They're not, they're not video game pieces. They're not robots. They're not, yeah, they're there for your entertainment value. But they're humans. I asked Riley near the end of uh, the our sit our sit down uh, if he if he's changed his views at all on how to approach things since you know there was a, he experienced a couple of losses uh, personally in his life uh, with friends and colleagues Dave Nichols inside receivers coach as well as you know one of his mentors Mike Leach and Lincoln was talking about the quality of life. And how he wants it to be better for his assistant coaches after seeing, you know, a couple of coaches who were close to him pass away. Uh, he said it helps to put it all into perspective. Um, and and how being the head football coach uh, with small children in a small town, it's real different being in L.A. And he could not emphasize enough how much better it was for him and his family in Los Angeles. Uh, I, I kind of got the feeling that uh, it, being the head coach in Los Angeles is a lot less stressful um, than it is being in Norman, Oklahoma, despite having you know the spotlight in being in Los Angeles because there's so many other things to see. There's other big stars, just as big as you, if not bigger. So this is how Lincoln described it. Uh, even when you have a tough day, which you, you're going to have in this business, you can have a tough day at work and you can come home and you're like, this, well, he's, he said the other S word with four letters. This stuff is still pretty good, end quote. Lincoln's got a really nice house with a really nice view and it's easy to... Uh, forget how bad of a day you had when you have a family waiting for you to support you. So Lincoln, uh, he, he loves LA and he compared it. He was um, This is the way I'm describing him comparing he, to the podunk lifestyle um, that he and his family left behind in Norman, Oklahoma. Because he's being just another famous person in LA is, is easier when most people are this is what him talking now, looking for George Clooney. He was talking about how he was talking with another coach. And it was Pete Carroll who said this to him. Uh, when you're the head coach in some of these smaller towns, um, Lincoln Riley is actually George Clooney in Norman, Oklahoma. Well, when Lincoln Riley goes out to dinner in Los Angeles, some people might recognize him, but more people are going to recognize George Clooney and other Hollywood celebrities. So um, I, I didn't need any other anecdotes from, from, from Wally to know exactly where he was coming from. And he was really measured in his word choice. But trust me, he does not regret his decision, nor miss going out to dinner and being George Clooney in Norman, Oklahoma. And it's not so much what he said, it's how he didn't say what he really wanted to say. Um, so 
before any of you cell phone warriors who'd like to pretend you just tell the head coach, you know, you tell him off and, and tell him what to do, just take a deep breath. Because no, number one, you wouldn't do it. And if you got the chance to, to do one of those drive-bys, trust me, it wouldn't make a freaking difference. Riley loves his players, and he wants the support of the fans. But your opinion on how he coaches, let's just be honest. Your opinion is as it weighs as much as the uh, a pimple on a flea's butt. That's how much he's going to consider it. That's my interpretation. That's not necessarily Lincoln's. But I think people need to take take everything with a grain of salt. Your anxiety, your anger, your hate, your upset that he didn't do what you wanted. Um, keep in mind, Lincoln left Norman, Oklahoma. He brought his family out here. Do not get lost that USC was 4-8 last year. They were 11-3. and three. He knows what they need to do to get to the next step. I'm not apologizing for anything or for him. I'm just trying to put everything. All right. I'll be back with another episode of Locked on USC. By the way, USC takes on USC basketball. They're, uh, they're playing Thursday night at Galen Center. You might not get on over there and out. See if they can get, a, get on a winning streak after losing two in a row. All right, until our next episode of Locked on USC, everyone, you know what to do.